What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello and welcome to a Thursday evening edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Jim Barcelona of the Miami Herald is here. Jim, good evening, sir. How are you? Yes, I'm good representing South Florida and pro wrestling in the Sunshine State. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID capital of the United States. The right COVID now. capital of the world. Right. It was championship wrestling from Florida and now the COVID capital. How about that? So I'm assuming you are like this is your display picture on Twitter. So I'm assuming you are there for the the Rock Cena WrestleMania, correct? Well, I've been here longer. Than, actually, you know what? That's an older picture too. I should update the picture because it's it's probably a few years ago. There's a lot more gray involved now. So mm. yeah, of course I've been. It, it, geez, that for sure. But I'll, I'll tell you what, going back to the '80s, going back. That's why I was saying Championship Wrestling from Florida days, the late '70s, early '80s and then into all the other things going on and all. So I grew up with Championship Wrestling from Florida, Gordon Soley, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, when he made his turn from heel to babyface and became the American Dream. That's when I guess it all started for me back then. I mean, that's when I start watching it. So how, what is your week-to-week? Because you put in your Twitter bio all the stuff that you watch. Do you watch all of it every week? Do you? I, don't I try to. That it, you can yeah. watch Ring of Honor. There's no way you're watching a normal Ring of Honor show. There's well, no now, way. no. Right now, it's just watching the old footage mm. that they're putting on. So it's it's classic matches. Right. What's nice about some of the groups like Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, MLW, they'll send links to me, and it, they'll send it to other media members too. Okay. They'll send it to me, so it makes it easier. Okay, I don't have to watch it exactly when it's on, when MLW's on being sports, or when Impact Wrestling's on Access TV, MLW Saturday nights, Impact Wrestling Tuesday nights, I don't have to watch it exactly that time, so if yeah. I'm working, doing things, I can go to it on the links and then watch it. But I've been pretty good about watching MLW Impact Wrestling, um, haven't watched too much NWA Power lately, yeah. and, and once in a while I do watch, I haven't been watching Ring of Honor consistently because it's been a lot of old matches. They really mm. haven't done too much with uh, because of the COVID. You, there's not too much to do. So between AEW, WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, MLW, that primarily has been my weekly fill 
of the pro wrestling circuit. And then every once in a while watching some old stuff too on YouTube if I get a chance or somebody sends me a link or something like that. Not on the network. You're not a W network guy. Yeah, I'm on the network too. Okay. Usually though the network it'll be for when they do their pay per views or whatever they want to term it now. They're specials. Yeah. Or if I miss if I not pay per views anymore. We gotta stop. Yeah, you phase out pay per view. So not pay per view. So whatever streaming. So they're streaming. So when they're streaming their shows. And also if I missed NXT, I'll catch up on WD Network watching NXT. YouTube is also a good place to go for WWE because what they'll do is they'll run basically every segment from Raw and SmackDown and NXT on their YouTube channel as well. Because yeah. I've watched a couple of things on that going to YouTube if I miss something or if I'm watching Raw and it's 9 o'clock and I miss the 8 o'clock hour. Wait, I'll go are back you to watching YouTube Raw live every week? Are you doing the three-hour sit-down on Monday nights? Well, yeah, it doesn't really three hours. I might be the only one. <laughs> I was going to say, especially right now, I, I can't believe you're doing that, man. Jim, if I can, I gotta pull you. I gotta pull you out of here. I gotta pull you out of this darkness. You can't be doing this. Oh, I love it. I love it all. No, I love it all. I love it all. I watch it all. It's all. There's something good. You gotta get something. There's something good has to come out of the shows. There's this one, one gleaming light. There has to be the one segment, one promo, one match. So you're saying that I should sit down for three hours for a five minute? Uh, I'm not talking to you. I'm not telling you to do that. Okay. I'm just saying what I do. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I watch Raw, SmackDown, Impact, NXT, and AEW, and then I watch the pay per views for the other shows. Um, not pay per views. Not pay per views. Oh, I, f- I fucked up. See, this is this is why I'm not the professional here. This is this is your yeah, gym. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, it's a lot, and um, the only show I still get mad, like, SmackDown's not bad for me, because I watch it Saturday mornings, usually, and Saturday mornings are okay. low-key, so I can just hang out, it's like my breakfast routine, and stuff like that, so it's it's fine. Um, NXT in the morning, on Thursdays, I like watching NXT in the morning, I will never, like, I watch AEW really late, usually on Wednesday nights, and I love doing that, I, I can't, I don't like getting spoiled, because that's the best professional wrestling show going right now, and I don't like that being spoiled for me. Um, and then raw, man, like that's the one day, the Tuesday morning. I, I just, it takes the entire day. Cause I'll watch it in bits and pieces. I can't do a full Monday night raw viewing. It is, man, it's just hard. And I, why don't you try YouTube? Why don't you try WWE? I feel like YouTube. I'm missing stuff and I take notes on everything. So to raw. my legal pad, it's just, I need to know every segment and I need to, it's so like some stuff I'll fast forward depending on where we're at, like 24 seven stuff or certain segments where I know this match really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I'll do that. But ultimately I just, I like watching the whole thing. If I'm DVRing it anyway, I might as well just parse through it and get my notes in and all that kind of stuff. But I don't Three know. Three hours yeah. is tough anyway. Right. For anything, look at Major League Baseball. Yeah. Every, not, well, not everybody. Can't say everybody. That's that's too much. But uh, people will say baseball is too long, and look their right games now, nobody average. Stands. Clearly, well, there you go. It was in the, yeah. No, see what happens, right? See. <laughs> but the thing is, what I mean is, you get three hours of something, and people just. You have a favorite TV show? It's a half hour. It's an hour. Right. Give or take commercials. It, even if it's on another Game of Thrones, outlet. we never looked at our watch, ever. Every week, right. we, we, we would be like, oh my god, it's already over? 
There has not been an episode of Monday Night Raw where I have not looked at my phone or my watch at least 30 minutes in, in like seven years, which bums me out. To a, 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 it, I don't want to be bummed out on these shows every week. And they know. That's the other annoying thing is I think this company knows that the three-hour Raw suck and they can't fix it because it's just too long and that two hours would be better. It's too long. Right. It's too long. But they make long. money off it. Exactly. Exactly. You can't – if USA – listen, here, to me, this is the – always follow the money. Bottom line, if USA Network is happy, you give them three hours. Yeah. USA Network is happy and they're going to pay, you give them to If USA Network wants four hours and they're going to pay, yeah. you give them four hours. And, and that's, the, that's why I was glad with SmackDown, two hours. Yeah. Fox was like, yeah, two hours. That's what we want. Good. Fox didn't say, well, let's do three hours like you're doing Monday night or something like that. So I like the fact yeah. that one hour, two hour shows, one hour, two hour shows are really good. Three hours, see, they're saying, well, with three hours, you can get more, you can get more talent, more spots, et cetera. But I'm like, you don't want them on yeah, the show but every the week. problem no. is, well, that's the thing. Your yeah. problem is, it's too much. So what you're doing is, instead of focusing on a minimal amount of talent and spots, now your focus has to be on more. And yeah. as a creative writing team, well, let's face it. Think of any TV show out there with their writing. I'll say, I'm not going to say creative. It's called creative, right? We know that. You mean yeah. we, all, we all know that. But writing team. They're writing teams. That's they are. So what... TV show, well, heck, two hours for that matter, too, but what TV show out there has a writing team doing three hours every week with no breaks, no off-season, no TV off-season, nothing. It's just every single week, it's a three-hour writing process. Man, I, it's, ama- it's amazing. We don't read more about them getting burned out. I'm talking about the writers. Well, it's because they go through them so often. I think it's because they no one to. does it for like 10 years. I don't know. Like how no. Many, but yeah. They have to. They have to because you what? Take all the, the office. I always like comedy. So, and mm. I even go with Seinfeld. But the office, Seinfeld, whatever you want to, whatever show you want out, Modern oh, Family, whatever show, the funniest show, yeah, whatever what show you want to run out there. They have a writing team that does a half hour show once a week and it's not even every week. It's, what, 20 episodes, 30 episodes? So you yeah. get still like a 20-week break. That's for 30 minutes. We're talking about a writing team, 52 weeks a year, doing a three-hour show. It's insane how it's lasted that long. And it's insane for two hours, too, and they're doing that. And it's, it's not just them. Other groups as well are doing the two-hour format. And so it's, it's just like, to me, I... As much as people want to be negative, I still tip my hat saying, geez, I can't believe you guys are doing this and, and trying to do it and keep it going for three hours or two or two hours. And it's, to me, it's the pro wrestling on TV is one of the toughest writing jobs out there because you do not get an off season and you have to go more than a half hour or usually more than an hour on a show. That's fair. Um, would you do it? If you were offered a job? Not creative? not regularly, not consistently, no. Okay. Come in and do it every once in a while, help Even out. Even if you were given like like that. A, a whole brand, you were given an Eric Bischoff situation, you wouldn't do it? No, I, it's too insane. It's too yeah, insane. You know, never that. say never, right? But it's to me, it's just too, because like I just told you, that, I can see how stressful that would be. I mean, yeah. Think about WWE. They have separate writing teams, per se. But that's – what are we talking about? We did this the other day. What are we talking about? Three hours Monday night. Then you've got two hours SmackDown, two hours NXT. So that's An hour seven hours. 
Oh, God, right, I forgot about two. And that's one I don't really watch that much, and I should, because there's a lot of good matches on there. Sometimes I'll catch that on the network or watch some highlights on YouTube of that. that back to Raw? What are we doing? Like, why not just You know what, that's that a good happen? idea. That's yeah. a better idea. Have a two-hour Raw and then a one-hour 205 Live right yes. after. That would be much better. That is, and that I think USA would be happy with that, right? Like, I don't believe the ratings would drop off. Like, we already know what the third-hour ratings are anyway, right? Like, we know the drop-off is real, and we know that fans tune out after the second hour like they're just it, there's going to be a drop off no matter what three hours is too long so why not just turn they tried it already with enzo remember when he was on top and they were closing out shows with enzo oh right right yeah that was yeah and he was like saying he see it's because of me it's because of me right, right. but you could actually just do 205 live the last hour just switch raw to two hours give usa a three-hour wrestling show every monday night and just have the set like them just lead into 205 live I think that would be good too, because you know what you have to remember as well. It's a it's a live. Wait, I mean, let me ask this. I'm going to ask you because this is something interesting to me. So, all right, I'm on the East Coast. Same. So, uh, and I should know this, but I'll ask anyway. So I get the feed at eight o'clock. If you're in the Pacific Coast, you get the live feed as well, don't you? At five yes. o'clock. Yes. Okay, that's weird. So you have a show going from five to eight. Right? Yes. On the West Coast, mm-hmm. and it's 8 to 11 on a Monday night, granted, on the East Coast. Now, granted, too, we're in COVID time, but if you're from 5 to 8, you would think the West Coast, if kids are watching, because they still try to cater to kids, that that would be an okay time. But for the East Coast, I don't know how good it is for a live, for a live show. You can watch it like we were talking about any time. You can watch it different times. You could set it to watch it later or watch it other ways but if you're watching live and you're a kid and you're at home you may not be able to stay up till 11 o'clock at night depending on how old you are and, and that takes some viewership away if you're on the west coast are you starting to watch at five o'clock mm. i guess people are yeah but i always think that kid dynamic and how that plays out as far as west coast east coast times and then that that last hour if you know is that cutting into dinner time is that cutting into going to sleep time it's it's sort of weird. that's why too those three hours it's very if you do like a, i think doing an eight to ten if you're really going to cater to kids you do it eight to ten yeah and that way it's it's five to seven and then if you want to throw 205 live which maybe kids aren't as much into that's on for 10 to 11 and then it's on from Eight, I would just do uh, 9 to 11. To I mean, I would do... I mean, honestly, I'd probably flip 205 Live the more I think about it because for the West Coast, the 5 to 6 time frame for them, for 205 Live, like, that's the starter show. It's like the Sunday Night Heat type thing where like that's how you get the crowd hot for it. It's just some really good cruiserweight matches and then that leads into Raw. I think that's Well, that's the thing. If we're talking about... If we're talking about adult fans, yeah. yes. But if we're talking about kids, which WWE is is very much still focused on kids. But you, you can do that. The kids, like, I don't understand. I don't know if the kids will like the, the just the action like that on 205. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll like it. just action, match, 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 and there you go. Maybe they would like it. I don't know. It just seems like most of their superheroes were not 205 Live types. Your John Cena's, your Roman Reigns, yeah. your stars like that, who kids gravitated to, were more of your Ray Mysterios. Right. And then he's a 205. But you know what, Ray, say. to, to yeah. counter that, that's a 205 Live guy. So if you're going to pick one, it would be a Ray, would be that type. But usually the kids are into Hulk, even back in the day, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Roman Reigns, 
those are like the big ones, and they're more superhero types, not your 205 Live types. So yeah. it just it's it's WWE. Here's the thing too, though you gotta re- listen. WWE is still catering toward kids, family friendly entertainment, and yes, the raw numbers have gone down. Have we seen worst ever? But their sm- SmackDown ratings are still good. SmackDown loves it. It's the best ratings they've got on Friday night for that time slot in a long time. So they're happy with it, very right. happy with it. And when you look at that situation and you're thinking about, well, the kids, you've got to create a, a superhero. And I don't know if Braun Strowman fits that bill. He's a monster. He doesn't. But you need a superhero. And that's where I think WWE is lacking right now is creating that next John Cena. And, you know, well, if I Roman Reigns was back, he would be it. I wrote about this. I he already. I mean, he. One of the biggest. Just. I mean, this. This really is going to hurt them in the long term. Because I. I wrote about this a few months back. But I thought Austin Theory had all the makings of the next Vincent Man. Push this guy to the moon. Like we're going to see if we can turn him into the next um, John Cena. Like that is what he was built. Like he was going to go do, and now it's all over. Like he was the one I like pinpointed where I was like. I could see Vince McMahon just being all about this guy and trying to do everything he can to turn him into a superhero. And um, that's over. So I don't know who the next one up. I don't think there's anyone in NXT Why do you right think now. it's over, though? Because the kid's only, what, 22? Well, what the, the allegations. Like, I think he's probably getting released, right? Like, I don't think oh, he's coming back. Oh, yeah, okay. I, don't think he's coming back. I, th- I didn't know you were talking about just TV standpoint or oh, that. Oh, no, I'm talking about Oh, if you're talking personal. If yes, you, I, thought, personal I thought maybe stuff. because he's with Murphy and he's oh, with... No. Uh, Rollins and all that, but you're talking all the behind the scenes, right? All the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. But he was the one who was like, oh, and he's 22. Like most of these guys, when they bring them in, they're a lot older. And they, like, yeah, right. You build them up and you put them in, it's like they're 37, 38. And it's like, uh, how many years left um, do they actually have? So you can't really build around them like that. I don't know. They don't really have anyone on the roster right now. Who makes a lot of sense? That well, there is somebody, and, and although he had got brought up for allegations, but nothing was uh, nothing was nothing was. Are you charged. Matt Riddle? Yes, I am. Okay. Yep, exactly who I am. The the bro man. I would think he would. That's the first one that popped into my mind as far as being the next one they're trying to build up into that well, sort of Smackdown superhero type. Yeah, they are building SmackDown around him, right? Um, maybe they bring. But see, Adam Cole is such a great heel. He's such a great heel. Adam Cole to Raw is interesting, but as a he, but I like him better as a heel than a oh for sure than as the, He's also as not the good enough. guy. There's no way he walks into Vince's office, and Vince, I'm sure, loves him, and I'm sure, like I know, Sean loves him, Triple H loves him, and everything like that. But like, there is a zero percent chance Vince McMahon ever builds around Adam Cole. That is not how he like. There's never been any evidence that he would ever do something like that ever. Because I just think Adam Cole's great, and he can carry any company and all. But I think, but I think it's interesting that then if if Austin Theory's out the window, which you're you're probably right, and then Matt Riddle, who the right, who they've been promoting big time on SmackDown, and he had some really good matches with AJ, and he got a win over AJ, and then uh, for the title, AJ gets to win back, but he still looks good in the process, and AJ sort of gives him a sign of approval before. He gets attacked by <laughs> King Corbin, yeah. but it still was a good way to show, like, all right, AJ is showing, hey, this guy's the real deal, but now let me get out of the way so we can get his ass kicked, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> we, we set up this, we're, we're doing this. So 
It to me though, Matt Riddle would be the guy then that they're setting well, my up. My question to you about Matt that. Riddle is, and this is something that the company. This is why pro wrestling is so hard right now um, to figure out. Is that without fans, we have no idea who's over. We have no idea what's getting over. We have no idea what material is working, what's not. Like I have no idea how Drew McIntyre's reactions would be over the last three months if there were fans. I have no idea. Um, I've been underwhelmed. I'm not a big Drew McIntyre guy. I think he's. I, I don't know. Very bland. I, he's a very bland champion to me. He's a transitional guy. Um, do you? I, I wonder. Like they're they were able to. Well, here's it. Let me okay, here's ahead. it. Let me hear this about Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre is. I like Drew McIntyre first of all, and okay. I think he carries himself very well as a champion. I think he's doing the best he can given the situation. But I also think that they just had him working with Ziggler. That was great because Ziggler is awesome. Ziggler can handle any situation you can put him. He's your. He's better than a utility guy. You could say he's a utility guy, but he's better than that. And you can put Ziggler in any situation, and he's gonna he's gonna hit it out of the park. Putting him with McIntyre was really good because on that Extreme Rules, the horror show at Extreme Rules, I thought the best matches were the McIntyre Rollins, and then the uh, women's match was the better of the. Uh, because uh, there were two, um, the I didn't like the way the Bailey match ended, or was it no the Sasha match was really good, yes. but I didn't like the way it ended. But I thought the I thought the Bailey Nikki Cross match was very good. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very good, and then I liked the McIntyre Ziggler, and I would have put Banks on the top of the list against Oscar, but. Mm-hmm. With the ending, the ending, I was a little bit off with that. Like, oh, okay, she puts the referee shirt on, whatever. But my thing is that with McIntyre, McIntyre is better when there's a lot of better, not better, that's not a good word, when there's a lot of top-name talents with him. Yeah. Because I think if they would have loaded up more on SmackDown, it would have helped McIntyre look better, especially in the situation where you can't, like you said, you can't hear the fans react. Yeah. Like, they, is it working? Is it not? The only thing we can go by is social media. Yeah. As far as are there a lot of fa- are there a lot of fans out there on Drew McIntyre's social media praising him? How many people are on there to be positive about him and not ripping him and checking it that way? And seeing or his segments, you can even go to YouTube and not to say you'll it'll give you an idea of is it is do people like what he's doing? But as far as his matches, you could always go there on YouTube and see. Okay, here was WWE's YouTube channel. Here's McIntyre versus Ziggler or McIntyre versus whoever he fought. A big show, whoever he fought on on the show, and then looking at that and saying, okay, whoa, a lot of people are interested in his match mm. and checking him out and seeing that. So, you know, you got him on Raw, and then you've got Strowman with Bray Wyatt. So I just think the SmackDown roster is loaded. And you have, Stro- Bra- you have Strowman reaping the benefits of that, where McIntyre is on this tough show that's going three hours. Yeah, it makes it kind of. T- and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to make excuses for McIntyre, but He's it's just when you look lot, at both like the Heath Slater stuff for a week and Ziggler. Yeah, right. Big. That was not, fun. That yeah. was fun, but still. Yeah, right. I mean, it was nice to say goodbye to Heath. But then you know, think of that too. You bring that up. That's a good point. 
that was more about Heath than it was about Drew. Yeah. And you're trying to, but that was Drew something you, know you wanted they were to do, do too. Before he got hurt, they were going to go gender. That's why the heat yeah. stuff happened. They were going to go gender versus Drew. Like I just, yeah. I thought this this rain was dead yeah. on arrival. Can you imagine the yeah. crowd reaction to Drew versus gender closing a? I know. I, well, it's it's you you need that's if I would have liked to see the switch where Braun was on Raw as champion and Drew was on SmackDown as champion mm. and see how that all turns out and how that goes but it's so hard it's so hard because you like more you can't get that initial reaction in the fans do you like mcintyre or stroman more oh i like mcintyre more yeah i do i do i do i do i think i think his promos are better and i like stroman's good too i do like stroman Stroman good are we sure stroman's good well you know what here's the thing here's the thing i know he's big he's the champion he's his big he's the champion i like it better when you have a guy like that, that doesn't have to talk. Yeah. So if you put a Paul Heyman, if you put a Paul Heyman with him, or somebody with him, that's very credible that will speak. I think he serves a better purpose in that role than having to be this big monster. Oh, by the way, guess what? The monster actually talks. What monster talks? Who? What monster? Any any time. Yeah. <laughs> Horror films, for that matter. You what monster talks and but you're giving him that role and he's the champion and he has to cut promos because he doesn't have a Paul Heyman or someone with him and I'm not saying his promos are bad but just to me it doesn't fit with the monster plus you're making him a, you're making him a face you're making him a good guy monster too so well, I think you had he, to I mean he's been super over before they they missed the boat on him it was two years ago but it's hard it's yeah. hard I, I like him as a, I always liked him as the monster heel because a monster is a bad is a villain a monster and he's a heel so uh, but they did this, and they the segments what Wyatt have been okay. I like because of Bray Wyatt. I, I think he's really good. He's really talented. His promos are, are unbelievable. I thought maybe they would take the title off Braun, even though it was a short period of time, and put it on Bray. Maybe with the Fiend now, yeah. they'll be able to do that. That's what be that's where I think they're leading, which is what I would do because I don't think Strowman was ever in their plans of getting the belt anyway, and I think it was just because. Uh, they made a decision at um, way back when, which feels like 20 years ago, Saudi Arabia taking it off <laughs> for Goldberg for a moment. But that was only to put the title on Roman, and they thought it'd be a bigger deal if Roman beat Goldberg than beating The Fiend. And none of that even happened anyway because Roman pulled out of WrestleMania. Like, that feels like yeah. forever ago. Like, that seems like years and years ago. I cannot believe that was only, like, a few months back. And. Uh, I don't know, because that's the other elephant in the room, is how long is Roman gone? Like, did right. he give them a timeline? Did he say, like, until a vaccine's there, I'm gone? Like, uh, right. I don't know. So I guess that's why you just have to move forward and you don't mention him and all that kind of stuff. But um, I would put it on The Fiend, and then I would, uh, I don't know. But, like, all this seems irrelevant to me because so much of wrestling depends on fan reaction. Like I want right. to see, like it's really hard to book shows when you have no idea what's working, and I don't envy the situation these writers are in because it is I I don't know like I just I don't think this is an easy thing. I also am surprised that Full Sail looks so much better without fans than the Performance Center. Are you surprised by that at all? The Performance Center is the worst looking show by all accounts. Like Daily's Place is number one. It's not even close. But like it's. It feels so small and quiet and lifeless, and I don't know. 
it's it, it kind of surprised me that the performance center was not more um i don't know how to phrase this more live wrestlemania yeah it just it wasn't because wrestlemania they they put the whole elaborate they put the whole theatrics together yeah. at the performance center to do that and then they sort of backed off doing mm. that for just the shows I, to me it's like okay we're we know we don't have fans and we've got some of our developmental outside yelling and screaming, and that's what we'll do. And we'll put the matches on, and we have this TV contract, and we'll just do it that way. And we could do it at the performance center because that's the cheapest way for us to do it in that regard. And making it look better. I don't know. If making it look better around it would help. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that would help the rate. I think – What'll help really the, ratings. the ratings? Yeah, I don't really. Well, I'll just help in general. If it helps enjoyable. with the look, yeah. I think what'll help. Well, I think what'll help is having your big superhero fan kid. Your big superhero kids that kids can support would be my my number one. My number one on the list because it's family. And we're just talking WWE, not the other brands because they're different. WWE number one. We need to have a big superstar hero. Well, I think that's Keith fans, Lee, right? Kids will... What's that? Is that Keith Lee? Yeah, Keith Lee's not. Yeah, you know what? That's a good one. That is He's a good one. The best He's not. With... <laughs> Keith Lee is really good. Really good. I like that. Keith Lee is good. If the Matt Riddle, if Matt Riddle doesn't go as planned, if I think if... let's see what Matt Riddle does, and then if not, it's Keith Lee. But hey, maybe you bring Keith Lee on Raw, so then yeah. you have one on one and one on the other. And do it that way. But I do like Keith Lee a lot. He is, and, and kids like him. And uh, fans, all all fans like him. So he really is a good one to build on. But he still has some work to do with NXT now that they have the NXT title on him. And he sort of gives forfeits or gives back the North American title. And they'll do yeah. their tournament and things like that. They've got a lot of, hey, they've got a lot of people on the developmental roster anyway. And it's amazing what they've got down there. We really haven't seen a lot of. Which would be, I'm looking forward to seeing Mercedes Martinez and yeah. Santana Garrett when they both get an opportunity. That women's, that women's roster is really stacked. I like Impact Wrestling's women's roster. I was say, they have the best, I would say. Impact they have the knockouts has, are really good, but I'm yeah. telling you, WWE, if you, get, if you include NXT and the developmental, wow, they've got a lot of talent there. Yeah, Becky Lynch is now on leave, and Charlotte's getting some stuff to taken care of. So this has worked out well for Sasha and Bailey, and to me, Bailey the two of them actually. have been hitting home runs. Bailey is the most important person on the main roster right now. She has been incredible. Like Bailey is their best character, right? best character going on the main roster. Is that fair? That is fair. That is very fair because, boy, as a as a heel, she has really elevated and stepped up her game to take what she was doing as fan favorite and then doing this turn and just great promos and the whole bit with Sasha and it looked her like, Oh, Sasha's going to turn on her. Sasha's going to turn on her because now she's sort of snubbing Sasha a little that bit as far suck. as I really hope they don't do this. They do not. No, but they these. didn't. But I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they kept them together. But they're going to so. keep teasing. Like that's the thing is like, and fans who want that to happen. Um, this is for all the fans listening who want that. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you're wrong because that is, what they should really do at this point, because they play so well together, I just, 
I think they need something. Like they don't they need their own DX. We're like they just are going to be together forever. So like even if they split shows or they do their own thing, they don't actually turn on each other. They still root for each other and they help each other out when they can, but like ultimately I don't think it there's any interest in seeing these two go back and one of them turn face and just go at the other and I we've seen this movie before and I don't want to do that again. I would rather them just be lifelong friends and I would rather them get some sort of like they need to sell some merch. That's what we need. We need some. I love a good stable name. What what what, what can we do? Because we can't call them DX, but they are. There's some Triple H, Shawn Michael stuff. What what can we do there? XD, <laughs> Generation <laughs> XD. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. It would be good because that way you could sell something with that. Well, but they're doing this thing with the. No, they could do the what they're doing. Uh, the gold, the gold models, the gold models. Okay. Instead of the role models, right? They've been doing that. Okay. That's their thing they've been doing. We're the gold models. So instead of being role models, they're gold models because they wear all the gold. They're trying to I wear like all the gold. Okay. So, okay. so they're trying to – maybe they could do that with the shirt. But I'm going to say this. They had that huge feud and a huge match in NXT, but it was in NXT. And it wasn't in NXT when it was at its height either. It was NXT TakeOver. They did it at the Performance Center. And I happened to be there for that. And they included little fan Izzy – who always sat ring, always sits ringside when they have their shows there, and she's actually uh, she's in her teen years now, and she's actually training when she can now with COVID. She's been training, I want to say, in martial arts and then also in pro wrestling. So, be as that may, I think that they're going to drag out the tease leading all the way to WrestleMania. And one of your matches at WrestleMania, one of your high-profile matches at WrestleMania is going to be Banks versus Bailey. No. For for the yes, for a title or two. No. <laughs> for a title or two. No. And because they're gonna they're wanna they're gonna want it. Now whether or not they're gonna be frenemies or how they're gonna work that out, I don't know. I'd rather see it one fan favorite, one heel, but who knows what they're gonna do because they wanna have that primo match on the WrestleMania stage. And they did it in NXT, and they know they could do it. And I think, I don't know this, I'm just thinking. I think one of the reasons Sasha left at that time was because she was not getting put in that main event spot at WrestleMania where she knew she could, but they had their sights set on Flair, Lynch, and Ronda Rousey. And I'm sure... There's talk that, hey, we knocked it out of the park in NXT. We could do it on the bigger stage. Fans will be interested in us, which they are now. They were then too, but now they're on the, well, bigger stage. You want to call it the bigger stage now. Mm. Hey, NXT is still very big and still very good, but it's a different stage. It's not a WrestleMania stage. And... To have them do it at, the rest, at WrestleMania, I think, is what these two are pushing for. They're pushing for, we want to go against each other, we want this again, and we want to do it at WrestleMania on the biggest stage, and we're going we're gonna to hit a grand slam and knock it out of the park like we did in NXT. And that's what I think. We'll see what happens. But I have a feeling it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be SummerSlam. I think, who knows, maybe they'll work to SummerSlam, but I don't think so. I think they're going to save that for WrestleMania. Interesting. Hmm. What do you make of Eric Young's comments? Because I thought he made some good points, um, which the broad point that he made, which I think is good, 
is that there's just too much going on and that it's just this product is just too big and there's too many things going on there's too many cooks in the kitchen there's just vince and him didn't have a bad relationship he didn't really he's said they were good to each other but he's also not the kind of guy he's going to do four years but i think the most important point he made and this is not a new point but i think it's important that this gets stressed over and over again until they resolve this is that this is my biggest issue with nxt is that nxt is pointless if it's almost like (laughs) are you a sports guy at all like outside of pro wrestling yes okay think of it like if you were if you had a team like your developmental group for your g league the nba g league you had billy king like the worst like an awful gm like he was just awful he is your he'll let's just say he's the nba equivalent then you have a g league gm like daryl morey who's doing all this work and building the certain way the three and d we attack the rim we have this style fans like it it wins games like this is what we're preparing the next generation for and then you call these players up and you run the triangle and you're like, what was the point of sending them to the developmental for three years to play and learn a certain style, to use a certain kind of framework, and then just say, yeah, that's over there. Over here, we do things differently and scrap everything. What is the point? And that's his whole thing where it's like sanity and the way he was treated by Triple H and everything else was just different than the main roster where he just got, they never even got a shot. They never even got a shot to fail. And that the fact that the pipeline does not, flow normally where vince trusts triple h's judgment and like that's the reason probably that johnny gargano wants to stay in nxt it's because we know how that would work out in the main roster but like if it works on nxt and that's where fans are most excited about your product why not do everything you can to make sure it permeates the right way on the main roster like why does vince it's, not do that i don't understand it it's interesting there are a few points that we could address and i'll start with this I'm glad NXT is different from Raw and SmackDown because I get enough of Raw and SmackDown. I don't want NXT to be like Raw or SmackDown. And I don't want Triple H. There have been comments made on social media in general on, or to me when I'm on social media saying, geez, I wish Triple H would take over Raw or SmackDown and just get Vince out of there. And I'm like, no, don't let him do that. We're talking seven hours then. Yeah. And heck, then what's going to happen to NXT? You do, do you like NXT? I'm just saying in my response, and I put a question mark. I said, yes, and I do too. I said, I don't want Triple H to leave or work on other projects while he's working on NXT. Let him focus on NXT. If you don't like Vince McMahon and Ron SmackDown, fine, but get someone else. Don't get Triple H. Let him do what he's doing because that's working. And I'm that's glad the shows are different. I, I'm glad the shows are different. I'd rather them different. Now, dressing the developmental, you're right. Being different doesn't help in the developmental process. But now that's why I think Triple H and others, especially when they got that USA Network deal for NXT, said, hey, we're a third brand now. They're not calling themselves developmental. They're calling themselves a third brand. Here's my thing, which I have brought up in the past. If you're going to have a third brand, and they do, you have SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown's number one now, Raw, and NXT. Well, you could say NXT's too, but SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. When you're in Florida, you would, when we didn't have COVID, have the Florida loop of shows. 
and developmental for the most part, with some big names too from NXT, would be on those shows to give developmental experience. Get them to see what it would be like on Raw, SmackDown, and now NXT. At least your entrances, the generic, the, the well, not so much generic, but the things that you do, how you interact with the crowd, the Jumbotron or Minitron, or just coming out of the curtain and getting that light flashed on you and what are you going to do, the stepping stones to what to become an NXT, Raw, or SmackDown superstar. Well, they don't have that because of COVID right now. So you don't have them getting ready like that. In the past, such like Insanity, you would have them work in the Florida loop, then they would go on NXT, and they would be on TV. Then if they got sent to Raw or SmackDown, you're right, and that's no secret. It's a totally different ballgame now. So once you get to Raw and SmackDown, it's like, okay, you might have done this in NXT, but now we're doing it like this. Or you may have been big in NXT, but we've got we've got these, this group we have, or this tag team we have, or this individual we have. And unfortunately, what you're going to have to do now is politic more. And that's what some of the guys and gals are not good at. Yeah, They're not good at politicking. And if you're not good at politicking, it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle when you get to Raw and you get to SmackDown. Yeah. And that is a factor that happens that's not talked about. It's really not talked about. It's always talked about, oh, Vince doesn't like him, Vince doesn't like her. That's why. Well, it's not just, yes, that could be a factor, of course, but it's not just that. It's also, what did you do to politic yourself? What ideas did you come up with? And there are some that come up with ideas, and they get turned down. And that happens. And you could blame them, you could blame Creative, and you could blame Vince for that. But there are some that they get turned down once, maybe twice, and then they give up. And they're like, all right, I'll just wait, get my paycheck, and see what they have for me. Where you've got guys like The Miz, who stuck it out, and was like, I don't care, I'm going to come up with something new. And we're going back to the early days of Miz, because now he's doing, he's doing everything, so... But I'm talking about the early days of Miz on WWE TV, and people didn't. There were some in, bo- in the locker room who didn't like him and all that. And he was bullied a little bit, and we all know that story, whatever. But he kept pushing, and he yeah. kept coming up with ideas and stuff. And that made him into WrestleMania. Yes, he did. He did as a champion. He made event at WrestleMania. So there you go. He won the he won the title too. He was a WWE champion. And then he main evented WrestleMania as well. So you, you, that whole scenario, you've got it takes two to tango. So let's say John Cena is Mixed Man's choice, or Drew McIntyre is his choice. Well, there still has to be an opponent for John Cena, and there still has to be an opponent for Drew McIntyre. And yes, when he returns, there still has to be an opponent for Roman Reigns. So what are you going to do? Yes, there has to be an opponent for Brock Lesnar. What are you going to do to get the second spot? Because the second spot, to me, is just as good as the first spot. And if you're not going to be able to do that, what can you do to try to elevate yourself to get talked about in that conversation? I think creative and Vince McMahon and the hierarchy takes too much of a hit. 
when it comes to attempt. Well, look, look at this. Look at them. He, they released him. Look how great he's doing. Or look, he was on NXT, and look how great he or she was there, and now they're not good on Raw or SmackDown. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's a two-way street. It's not a one-way road. And it works both also, ways. I don't think Vince is invested enough where he should be watching that product and he should be watching to see, okay, that works here. So let's try, at least let them try it on the main roster. See if you can just, like, don't overthink it. We're like, just let him do what worked on, on NXT. Just see if it works. Do you think, do you think Vince McMahon wants, I, that part I, have, I can't argue with you. I can't argue with, debate you with that. Like what was but, the problem with just trying Sanity for a month? And if it doesn't work, right. remember that month of Raw where they were doing that whole series of matches with the Ascension and Bobby Roode and um, who was he tagging with at the time? Was that Ziggler? Was that Roode and Ziggler? Who was that? Where they yeah, had, Roode and Ziggler, yes, yeah, Roode and Ziggler. They were alternating matches for an entire month. They just kept doing it. Connor versus Dolph, Roode versus Victor. They did that for a month. You're telling me that you can't just do a month of sanity to see if it works in the main well, roster? Well, like, I'll really, say you this. Can't try it. Like, just try well, it. Well, okay, I'll say this. So we're we're talking about... Okay, who are we talking about? Rude, give me the names again. Rude, Rude Ziggler, and Ziggler, the Ascension. And the Ascension, right? So you could do Rude and Ziggler again with insanity. Yeah. And do it that way. Right. But then you would have to, but then you would have to, I'm just thinking while you're, while we're talking, I'm thinking this out. So who's the face, who's the face and who are the heels? I think sanity is just cool. So I think they have to be faces. They're just cool. Do you think they'd be faces? They're they not the better cool, as the, heels? I miss that entrance. I still listen to that entrance from time to time. I think it's a good entrance, cool but it, for, but listen for raw. We're, now we're got to think this though too. It's raw and SmackDown yeah. raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I think insanity, if they come out of raw and SmackDown have to be the heels. Interesting. Because the kids yeah. are going to be scared of them, so you're going to make them the. You always got to look. You always got to factor in the kids because that always is an element of what goes on with what Raw and SmackDown and what they do. True. NXT doesn't profess. NXT does not profess itself to be family friendly kid entertainment. Right. And that's cool because you could have that that older crowd and you could do the things like we're seeing on NXT. But why not do that with insanity? I can't answer that. I don't know why they didn't decide to do it. Who knows, creative, why creative? Why Vince McMahon didn't just say, let's put them all together and let's get them out there and let's shot. put them just in the spot in their ankle or see something that, like that. See what the 15 minutes do. See what they do for a month. Just see how fans respond to them. Just, like, let them try it. Like, you let the Forgotten Sons try. What I just don't understand. Yeah, they did, the right. That's a good point. That's a good point. They, they let the Forgotten Sons try. So, so, but see, when you say that, that tells me, and again, I... I'm speculating. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know everything. I, I'm just speculating. So in my speculation, to me, that tells me, right? Look at the, that's a good point. You bring that up. Look at the forgotten sons and look at insanity. Would you compare them? I mean, I know they're different, but you would compare them as, as far as what we're seeing there that you, when you would, when you have the, the ladder, like you would put someone like, AJ Styles on top of the ladder, but you would put Insanity and the Forgotten Sons sort of in the middle of the ladder near the same area. You wouldn't put one too much bow over the other as far as what they're doing and how they look and what they're presenting. Or would you, or do you think there's a drastic difference between the two? Oh, that's interesting. Um, 
See, and then here's I, why I say here, it. Well, here, here's what here's I can why. say about this. So when I, when you remember like what got Bray Wyatt's The Fiend over? Like what really got it over? The SummerSlam entrance. Tell me. Do you remember when we heard that? Like Twitter erupted. Like that was a banger. The Fiend entrance, when we heard that for the first time, it was a absolute banger. Finn Balor got over originally because he crawled out as the deep. Like, that's when he got over. So, like, I think entrances go a long way, and they're kind of undervalued um, in the sense of getting new acts over. And people love banger entrances. And I think the Forgotten Sons entrance sucks, and their in-ring work is just leaves a lot to be desired. And... um. I don't know. Like there was just a lot missing there. Sanity. I so think, you don't put you don't up. put them right. So you don't put them. I sort of when I look at the names of who's in the Forgotten Sons, and then I look at the names for. Well, Sanity <laughs> NXT. They had Madman Fulton originally, and then he got hurt, and then he got released, yeah. and then they replaced him with. Um, I already forgot. Killing was it Killian Dane? Oh yeah, it was Killian Dane, and then right. Brian Wolf and Eric Young. Yeah. And Nikki Cross. All right, so, okay, all right. And at that time, now at that time, Nikki Cross wasn't where she was now. She and was She was, she was, granted, if they liked her coming out and That's being what psychotic. I'm saying, entrances and, go but, a long but wait, way, But Jim. here's what I got to say, though, but here's what I got to say, because here's my point on this part of it. Forgotten Sons and did a better job politicking that's where i'm going with it they did a better job politicking because you look at matt fulton that he's doing well in impact now great but he wasn't a huge name the biggest name out there was eric young of that whole group yeah and the biggest name on forgotten sons is i don't know because you got three uh, i guess it's jackson Riker, but yeah you're right it is because he has more that he's done i think wesley's okay tag team uh, Steve Cutler's getting a chance, so not good for Steve. He's a good guy. but it, So Riker is probably the biggest name there. So you've got Riker against Eric Young, and you've got to have you, – listen, you also got to have the support and the backing. Yeah. And I do know – this part I do know. Forgotten Sons have tremendous support and backing from all the way down the line and then going into the WWE area as well. Wait, do you think we see they again? like they they like their talent. They like those three guys. They they really have a they just connected with the right people, put it that way. Forgotten Sons. Where insanity didn't do as good a job connecting with the right people and politicking. And that's why I think now this part's me speculating. That's why I think they never really got any type of push or anything like that that would make sense like that would not surprise me in the slightest and he made that point where he said he did not try hard enough to get in vince's ear like he did not and that's the problem you have to you have to get in vince's ear and creative's ear too not just create wait wait like not only do you have to get in the creative's ear but you also got to get in vince's ear because you can go to creative and say yeah i'd like that well well can you ask vince and who knows what creative does when they go to vince it's not the same. It's not the same. You have a story idea or you have an interview idea and you want to pitch it to a media outlet and you say, Jim, can you ask so-and-so, maybe they would like this interview or story idea? Oh, yeah, sure, I could do that for you. 
it's not going to be the same because it's not my idea. It's your idea. And I can present it as your idea, which obviously is the right thing to do. Present it as your idea, but I'm not going to have the oomph. I'm not going to have the passion and the drive as you would because it's your story idea. It's your interview idea. You're the one. You know exactly what you want. So when that person says to me, well, yeah, but what about this? I may go, well, oh, yeah, I don't know. Well, no, give it a thought. Rather than if you were doing it, you'd say, oh, yeah, but because of this, this, and this, and look at this, and look at these numbers, and look at that, blah, 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 blah whatever. And you just go on and do that. It's better coming from you. And if you have a good idea, you think you have a good idea, you could approach creative on it. But then also, if you feel like creative is not into it, and you don't think creative is going to have that gusto in approaching Vince and telling him about it, Better for you to try to get in Vince's ear and say, hey, you got this idea and da-da-da. You always look at Vince. When you look at Vince, I always remember, always think about this, too. Anytime Vince has an idea for somebody, and we've seen it in footage, in the, oh, the one he did with Draws that time, Wrestling with Shadows. We've seen it with videos in other places, too, or stories we heard where Vince will be one-on-one or even over the phone. and Or the last ride with The Undertaker. Two, when Undertaker, this past, uh, after the horror show Extreme Rules, you had the bonus footage of the Undertaker's last ride. And Undertaker talked about how he saw the egg at Survivor Series and said, oh no, they're going to have me come out of the egg. And then he had a funny picture of him bald. And I'm going to be known as the egg man, and this sucks but what can I do with my first appearance? What do I do? And I was all stressed out about it. And I get a call from Vince. And I'm figuring, oh, no, the egg man. <laughs> and instead, it was like Vince, Undertaker picked up the phone. And he goes, yeah, hello. And Vince McMahon says, the Undertaker, how are you? And he was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine, Vince. Hey, how are you? And and then he, he knew he wasn't going to be the egg man. And then Vince started telling him about the Undertaker. He didn't know about the Undertaker either. But my point is... You got to get in Vince's ear. You got to go to Vince. You got to find out what's going on and you got to present it and be passionate about it because Vince is passionate about it. When Vince is telling him about The Undertaker, he's passionate. When Vince was telling Draws about your Draws and what he was going to do, Vince gets very into it and very passionate about it. So if he sees him or her getting into passion about it, granted, he might say no, but at least he'll see the passion from that person. And you Gotta, that's why it's so important to try to get Vince time. Even if Vince is very busy, it's still, oh, if you care so much about your persona and your character, you've got to make, you've got to make it your goal to get in Vince's ear and, and to get some time with Vince. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Well, they're gone and now he's in impact. So how would you rank the impact signings thus far that we know about for sure. How would you rank them in? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, really good. I really liked it. I think that the show itself I thought was really good. Slammiversary was really well done. I liked on the chat how fans were getting all annoyed because they were saying, oh, no Good Brothers, no EC3 and all that. And then all of a sudden at the end, it was like, you know, come on, wait, let it it work out. Let it work itself out. Wait till the very end. And then we got that part of it as well. So I thought, yeah, all the signings I thought were really good. I think that this is, well, here, this is the most important time right now. From Slammiver- building up to Slammiversary, Slammiversary, number one trending in the U.S. during Slammiversary, really cool. 
the access episode on Tuesday night and the next several weeks. This is a, this is unbelievably crucial time for them. And I hope they didn't sign too many. As strange as that sounds, I hope they didn't sign too many. I, I like so, I like all the signings. I okay. So like I think what they did was smart, which was they built on what they needed to build on, which was so with wrestling just having so much content right now, the biggest thing you can do is find your niche. NWA, it's their presentation. Like their niche is the way it's presented. Yeah, old school. Old, old school, school presentation. <laughs> right. Like that is their niche, but that's a reason to watch. If you want to watch an old school feeling show, then you tune into that. Impact yes. did not have anything. They were just okay. The knockouts. The knockouts. Yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah. right, I, I understand what you're saying, but you're right. But the knockouts, I think, was their big thing. Well, now with Deanna Perrazzo very much in there and Kimberly and um, they've they're they're just stacking it like it's it's great like their women's division is absolutely stacked um, even without Tessa Blanchard which hurts but doesn't um, diminish a lot of where they're at but they also stacked up in the tag division and no one's gonna touch AEW right now in the tag division department like uh, Sean Ross Stapp uh, tweeted out. Just a list uh, now, updated list late last night. I don't know if you saw it, but like of all no. the tag teams, it's just it's bonkers. And yeah, it is. It's great. It is a really strong. You're right. It's you're really not going to beat them in that. That's what their bread and butter is built on. That's why Young Bucks are where they are. Like that's that's what they're going to do. But you can be number two in that department. So if you build your show around the Motor City, like bring back the Motor City Machine Guns, great move. You have yeah. them. You have Good Brothers. You have uh, the North who needed competition, so they stacked up. Love there. the North. Love the North. I'm What's a big North take fan. time for them is finding the main event people because they lost Elgin, they lost people, they put the title on Eddie Overage because they're comfortable with him. But like that's going to take time, and I'm glad they did not throw their money at the like the former mid card washouts. Like EC3 was already a star there, which is fine. He can be the top guy again there. However, they just need to wait it out. Like they're already building a partnership with New Japan again because like the Good Brothers can work there. And that's what they need to focus on is to rebuild their main event team. That's going to take time. And yes, they don't need to rush that. They don't need to do old TNA and just bring in X WWE guy and just launch them to the top and beat all the Chris Bays and everybody else in the world. What they're doing is smart. They're avoiding all of that for right now. The main event is going to be weak. It just is. But if the, people are not watching TNA right now or impact wrestling for the main event, they are going to be watching because their tag division is stacked their X division has a great champion, and their women's division is stacked. That is why you're watching. You have a niche now. The niche is not the main event scene. No one's watching for your main event scene. That is going to take time. I would just harbor that relationship, pick up where ROH dropped the ball, by all accounts, with New Japan, and just allow a lot of these guys to be like, hey, Okada, you already worked here once, but like, do you want to do like three shows a year? Do you want to do a bunch of tapings with us and then go back to New Japan? Jay White. What can we do? Will Ospreay. What can we do? Like, that is what I would do. That is how I would build out your main event scene. See who you can talk into from New Japan to come over. Look to see NWA. Maybe talk to Eli Drake. See what he's up to, where he's at. But, like, by and large, build your company around your women's division and build it around your tag division and then move from there. Because the old TNA would have just signed top end town and forgotten the rest of the card. This era is doing things smartly by building from the ground up. So I think what they did was smart. It's interesting. A couple of points. I'm so glad you talked about the main event because I was going to, first I was going to come back at this. I was going to say, when has tag team wrestling ever been 
the top of the company. You can look at all the great tag teams and all in history, and you can look at all the, maybe the Road Warriors, and we're talking old school, but as far as a main event, consistent main event draw, you usually don't see tag teams in that in that realm. But then you said they're trying they're gonna build the main event. They've got Eddie Edwards now and it isn't gonna be what's most watched. You're right. It will be the tag teams because they do have a lot of really good ones and the knockouts. And the X Division's good, yes. And and I like Chris Bay and what they're doing there. But I will but you didn't say that. So you said the main event they're gonna build they're gonna lead up right because I don't think tag team division, at least it hasn't I can't think of anywhere really where you say this wrestling company, and all of a sudden you think tag team. Well, I think that for AEW. I don't because of Jericho. I think you, no, but you're right. They, they have the strong tag teams, but you got Jericho over there, you do. and you got Cody, and and those guys are Fair. and and uh, John Moxley, and you, those guys are still the main event guys. They're the main. They're the top guy. They're the top of the show. They're the what. There was I think of the heart. The heart of their shows are their tag team matches. The heart of all well, tag like, team. They're great. Their tag teams are really great. I mean, yeah. you can't. You're right. I mean, you've got the Young Bucks. You've got Santana and Ortiz. You've got uh, oh, two guys from uh, why can't I remember their name? WWE Drake and uh, wait, Dash and uh, oh, uh, wait. Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Now they change. Right, they go to those names now. Right, so. And the uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and Butcher and the Blade, go on and on and on. right? Private oh parties, just they're going to be private party. Uh, yeah. The the uh, oh friends, the friends. Um, oh, best, best friends. friends. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I, I'm saying. I, I, like if you go down the list, you're, you're amazed at how many. Oh, it is. You're right, and I I, I can't argue that. You're right, I can't sound. You're exactly right. But the company is built not around them. The company is still built to me around Jericho, Moxley, Cody. And I'm probably missing a few in there can as well. I, that can I say they supplement the tag teams? I don't think they build around them. I think that's what keeps the show on air. Because I think if it was just the focus tag teams, then I don't think it would do as well in the ratings. And like you said, like Demo God himself, Jericho, I think they supplement the heart of the show, which is the tag teams. The heart of the show is tag teams. Yeah, I could go with that. I can like go with you on that like, too. It wouldn't feel like an AEW show if they did a show without a like a tag team match. You'd be like, what did I do? Right, watch? and they have to have a couple tag team matches right. on. It's it's very yes. And I think what I'll say this. I think AEW women's division is starting to pick up here too. Uh, they have a lot of work to do there. I would say Diamante bringing Diamante in, having Eva Lee. I don't know if they're keeping Eva Lee or not. Those are two outstanding. Those two can bring it. Those two fight fear. Those two fight. You're not going to see some little, ooh, did I hurt you with this kick? Or, ooh, i got to pull my punch back or something. And they have others on that roster, too. They just need to, to fine-tune it. They need to get somebody in there to work with. Then there's a lot of other – Big Swole is there. There's a lot of good talent that's on that roster, and they're adding more to that women's division. No, I would not put it up against Impact Wrestling right now, nor would I put it up against – WWE NXT combined if women's division when you think of all the talent it's there but that's because fair, it's so it, when you combine all three like no one has the resources like it, it is yeah. too many it's a lot it is a lot so I understand that but it's a lot of good talent you can have a lot of, you can have a lot but is it good well when <laughs> they you have a lot that many and people and you just sit on them yeah you can it turns out when you have a lot of money you have a monopoly on a product that uh, things get easier sure you can sure you can but you know what'll happen look it'll happen like Deanna Perrazzo where she's like look you're not using me I just don't want a paycheck. 
I want to do this virtuosa character that you aren't into, but I'm into. I really want to do this. Yeah. And I think with Deanna, the only thing is, like, again, it goes back to the politic in a little bit and the way you, you talk to people. With WWE, and it's probably everywhere. I'm not singling out WWE or NXT, where, listen, you have people that are getting paid to coach, to write. You're getting people paid to talk agents, you're talk, to go over angles and different ideas. Those people are getting paid. They have a job, just like you have a job to wrestle. They have a job. It's not <laughs> – when you have a job like that, you want to sort of work and do it in a way where you're getting your angle across. You're sort of giving in to them a little bit and or you're praising them or thanking them for doing something that they might not have really done full 100%, but you're giving them that pat on the back. And when it comes time to credit somebody for an idea or something, you're going to mention that person or two because they have a job to do. Because in the long run, you just want to get your way and do your thing. So the process about how you're doing that, geez, if you got a talent and they come up with an idea and it's their idea and no one else's, and that's great. And if it's going to get over and make money, that's great for the company. But it doesn't do any good for Coach X or Ryder X or Agent X as far as their job and what they're trying to do. Yeah. So there is a behind the scenes that you have to look at too. I think if you're – I can't remember who it was. I wish I could. Where they said – they did an interview, and they said – Basically, I went with them with this idea, and they weren't really on the same page. They really didn't like it. So then they offered some ideas. Well, basically, I took their ideas, and I said, yeah, let me try to incorporate that too. And I really didn't incorporate a lot into what I wanted to do, and I did mostly what I wanted to do. And it went over well, and I went back, and I said, thank you. Thank you so much. And not in a, not in a sarcastic or patronizing way either. It was in a legit way, saying, hey, thank you so much. That really did work. Did you hear the crowd? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to do that. I, I liked your idea. But really, it was all mostly his idea. <laughs> but he got, So now you had Agent X was happy, you were happy, and you know who cares how it works out, how you get to that final point as far as if you're the wrestler and you just were the superstar and you just want to get there. It's like, and that's what you got to do. That's part of, that's a lot, man, of the behind the scenes that's just like, Man, why didn't that work? Why didn't that? Why didn't they do that? Or why didn't they give that a chance? Or why didn't they do it? It's all about. It's all about. It's it's a job. It is a job, and it's just like any company, anywhere you work, not just pro wrestling. Anywhere you work, you have bosses, you have people ahead of you, or that are in charge of you, and you have to try to work with them and and go. Don't and I'm not saying you have to. You don't exactly. You don't get fired. You don't have to sell out. But it's just a way of doing things that you, <laughs> with the politics and things like that. That's not really discussed, that we don't hear much about, that it's like that it's because everybody always wants to dump on the head of the company. And rightfully so. They're the ones in charge. They're the ones making the big money. They're the ones you're going to dump on. But it worked. There's a lot of – and like you said, that was glad you brought that up about Eric Young where he said, you know what? But also there was a part of it was my fault because I should have I tried to push harder. Or – when AJ Styles said, if I would have known what was going on, I would have pushed hard to have Gallows and Anderson stay instead of thinking that, oh, yeah, 
Heyman's pushing for him, but he really wasn't. At least that's what the story says later on that he wasn't. And AJ said, well, if I would have known that, I would have went to Vince Moore and I would have went myself to Vince and said, hey, we need to keep these guys. These guys are good. This is what we're doing with them. And he would have, and I'm sure that would have, would they have stayed? I think they would have. Actually, I think they would have. If AJ, if someone like AJ would have said that and done that, I think they would have stayed and someone else would have been gone. But anyway, whoo, that long dissertation. You've got to, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that the talent and the wrestlers have to do that they might not be trained to do when they're working on the local level with the indie promoters that are just happy to have them and paying them their little money and having them do whatever they want to do and not really having to go through this whole political process that you see in all the bigger companies. That's fair. That's fair. Um, A train, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Me and you. This is the idea now. We're going to have our own training. We're going, to, uh, we're going to do our own training. Yes, but we're not training. We're not training the wrestling. We're not training the wrestling. We're going to train how to deal with the higher-ups, how to politic. You, <laughs> I've got bad news for you. I'm really into economy and uh, not good with authority figures in my past, I would say. Not really. Um, I'm not the person you want to be co-leading this, this march with. I have a lot more. <laughs> No, you'd be perfect then because me <laughs> yeah, there. Oh God, page. there you go. Well, no, that works too, though. But that works too because then we could say this is what not to do. Oh, <laughs> but see, I believe in what I do. I believe in my own mission. That's why I've done almost 500 episodes of this here podcast, sir. It's because oh, I'm not like, saying I'm, I'm not to... taking. Oh no, but that's yeah. my whole thing. Is like that's how you do it. If right. You're not gonna be good at I'm not taking that to... away from you. Yeah. I'm right, and I'm not taking that away from you. What I'm what I'm saying is though that. In the current, in the current landscape, the current landscape, the current one is not changing. Maybe you can get the change for the future, which is fine. But yeah. the current one's not changing. We could, we could at least get the Eric. Well, Eric Young doesn't need our help, but we could get those types. We can get the Eric Young types. Some people like wrestlers like that who are saying, like, look, oh wow, good, you got a break. You're going with this company or that company, a bigger company. Hey, we can help you with this part of it now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> your agent, your manager is not doing it. We can do it for you, <laughs> right? And I get, yeah, I could do, I could play bad cop. You're good cop, like yes, yes, exactly. Like, this is also what you don't do. You also you don't tell your boss he's bad at his job and doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. That don't yes, do that. Sir. Stay away from that. Not that I've ever said that to the boss ever. Um, see what CM Punk started. Do you see what CM Punk started though? Uh, yeah, he's the only one Vince apparently still won't do business with. So he won't do business with him. But oh my god! But that was but that was such good TV and so good ratings and all yeah. that too. And that was going down. And it was really him. And it was really him. But too. he had a good point. So you can't take like, that away. All he from wanted him. was to main event one WrestleMania. That's all he wanted. Yeah, they couldn't sure. give him that. You can give it to the Miz. But you can't give him more. No, that that was the thing. I you know, it's like. Are they doing this to spite me? Why are they doing this? Yes. And it's just like, here's the thing. I always, I always think this, though. This is what I, always, I disagree when people say that, like, if you've got something brewing, get to it. Don't yeah. wait. What if they get injured? What if they leave? What if something happens? What if allegations come up? Uh-oh. You know, all that whole movement to speak out stuff. I mean, whatever it is, not just that. Uh, whatever the situation is that you never know what's out there. But AWA, this is going back, I know, just bear with me one minute. I won't take long in this one. AWA, way back in the day, Vern Gagne running the organization when they had all the big territories and all, he had Hulk and Andre. He had them. He didn't get them to that big main event. Vince took it, saw what was going on, 
years later, what was it, maybe three years later, two years later, WrestleMania, or th- maybe three. It was WrestleMania three, but it was longer than that, so maybe four years. Whatever it was when Vern had Hulk and Andre, and he was building up with those two, and then Hulk ends up jumping to WWE, F, whatever, because of the big money, and Vince was starting this whole thing. And he got him in, and then eventually they got Andre over and WrestleMania three. But Vern had it. Vern lost it because he waited. He kept this thing was dragging out, dragging out, dragging out, and there you go. But anyhow, all right, what do we got next? <laughs> this is great. We could. I just realized doing this pod tonight because this is our first one together. But we could we could talk wrestling for like six and a half hours. Just oh my god, we could do. We could do a Chris Jericho marathon as he as he has proposed doing on his Saturday night special. I try to watch that too when I can. Do you Saturday like night special show he did. Wait, say that. Do you like him on commentary? Like he. Um, you know, oh, that's interesting. Really you know what? He's addressed it too. It's not his forte, and he said that. He said they wanted me to try it out, and I did. And he said, and I might do some more of it. He said, but it's it's not it's not his number one. It's not his big thing at all. It's like uh, I think him doing a little bit too much. It's a little too strong. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. He might, yeah, he could have that. I didn't think of it that way, but yes, that could be where he was going with that. Just because he didn't have an identity, so now he's thinking, what? Who do I? Li- oh, I like Heenan. Let me try a little bit of Heenan style with this and yeah. go with that and see how that works. Um, I, but you also, I also think too. I'm glad you brought up the commentary. I love the AEW commentary oh, the because best. that's why I don't need Jericho. That's got, why I'm so frustrated with it. With oh my Excalibur god, you got and Shivani and Taz wow. and Ross. They're all good. You don't need it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can almost say there might be too much commentary. Yeah. <laughs> too much because of the talent you have. But now trying to break off Taz a little bit, and they have other shows, AEW Dark and different things. So. That's good too. I'm always I'm a fan of a two person broadcast, a two person yes. commentary team. I'm not a big fan of three. Although uh, Shivani and Ross and Excalibur, it, it's really good. It's really good. But I'd rather two. And whether you mix it up, I don't need wrestling. Like, has there even been one? What's that? Have there been what? A good three man booth in pro wrestling. Has there ever been? Ooh, one? Well, can we think old school? Was it was it Jesse Jesse Bobby and Gorilla? Were I'm they a three? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm 29 years old. There's no way in hell I'm okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I'm but limited. you know what? Even back then, even back then, it was no. It was better when it was Vince and somebody, or Gorilla Monsoon and Heenan, or mm. you had Vince and Jesse. You had I think there was a three man though with Macho, maybe Macho Perfect, and hmm, and Macho Perfect. I can't remember who the lead was though. It was maybe Vince? It could have been Vince's the lead. How about this? Did you ever watch then I'm wondering I'm gonna ask a question. I'm wondering this now. Have you ever watched Vince on commentary back in the day? Bits Old and pieces. Stuff. I've never watched like a whole show of him on commentary now. What did you think? I like to see what a younger person feels on that. <laughs> not my not my style. Like he's just not Okay. It was over the it was very over the top. That's I not mean, what it's I want very... in commentary. I don't want to really like notice you. Like I don't want you yeah. to be, that's why Excalibur is so great. Like he's the best color guy. Like him and Nigel are just so, so knowledgeable. Yeah, and they're yeah. so knowledgeable too. Yeah. That's what I want. I want knowledgeable guys. I don't want you to like, well, back then. Be, well, yes. Back then it was over the top. It was over the top back then and that's I'll tell you what, if you get a chance, I know you got there's plenty to watch, but if you get a chance, watch some Gorilla Monsoon. If you ever seen him do commentary with Heenan, they were they were really good. And Gorilla wasn't too over the top either. He had his clichés, 
but he wasn't like like Vince McMahon aggressive, yeah. <laughs> ruthless aggression. Vince McMahon. It wasn't like that, so it was really cool. But two man, two person. I should say two person, two person teams. I did like. I'll say this though. In, in NXT, I did like. You brought up Nigel. I did like Morrow, Nigel, and Beth as a three at the three person team. I did like that. And uh, but I really, but I really do like the two because you don't have so many people jumping on top of each other, going over each other. Who was the third guy with Corey and game. Byron? Because I thought Corey's stuff with Byron was actually funny. I thought his big Tom Phillips. Was no, wasn't it was Tom it Phillips? Phillips or no? On SmackDown was it those three? Yeah, I think it was. It yeah, was it was three. Tom Phillips. Yes, and they had so. I like Corey a lot. Byron is good, but I like Corey a lot. I just think Byron they had overworked Corey. Corey. Byron is a waste without Corey Graves because those two just play off each other so well. And just the shut up Byron is like, it, it actually works. And it just comes at funny times. And I, I don't know. That actually works. I don't know why. They yeah, it does. Up. When you find something no, it like does. that, just stick with it. It's fine. Corey and Byron. Corey and Byron work. I do like Corey and Byron. Now Corey's with Michael Cole yeah. for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Are we just going to get that report for like the next 17 years that Michael Cole is looking to wind down his time on commentary? Like we've seen uh, that uh, here's my, here's my, okay. Here's my thing though. Uh, I'm not comparing Jim Ross to my, actually I like Michael. I think Michael's doing a good job, an adequate job for what he, for what he has to do. Jim Ross is one of the best. Gordon Soley, Jim Ross, take your pick. I'm Gordon Soley only because I grew up with Gordon. But if you say Jim Ross is better, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go right in a big now? argument with you. No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm talking about overall. I'm talking about overall. Mm. Now, but if we're, we're talking now to right, so Corey Graves, and then you've got Michael Cole, but here's the, here's the point. If you do take Michael Cole off, who do you put in there as a lead's different? Lead is different. A lead is different than your color. Your play-by-play is different. You need somebody. Else Jim Ross good. was great. Jim Ross was great at it. So, who do you get? You can't get Jim Ross. You can't get Tony. Not to say they would go after Tony, but it's like, who do you find? Who do you get to be the lead guy now in WWE? I think they pulled. The I don't know. Big Joseph way too soon. He was good on Two Five Live. Really? He's still super. Yeah. Young. He's so young. Like he's in his mid twenties. I think he's younger than me. Let him figure it out. Well. I don't know. I don't know about Vic. I was gonna, the only name here are the names I was going to bring up, and I'm not. I'm just bringing it up to bring it up. Sam, Sam, I am. Do you have him? Wait, Sam. Take Roberts? over as a, yeah. Do you have him Absolutely take over not. for Michael Cole? Absolutely not. No, no. And then the no. other one was uh, the other one was Rosenberg. No, they're just not built for it, and they're also too big for it. This is also something where I think Rosenberg's above all of that. Where like some certain people are just like too big for commentary like play-by-play or like tom phillips and michael cole are fine but they're like not not big names like they're not they're not big, big names well cole is now obviously but, he's he's not been a long, but right tom phillips yeah. is not tom phillips is not do you uh, it's just interesting do you go after somebody like do you try one of the like a ring announcer greg hamilton type to no. fit in that role I just like that's the problem. I don't know, know who. Things. I like their knowledge. I like like Jim Ross would call out stuff. Like Prime Jim Ross knew what he was watching, and that's just yeah. my favorite professional wrestling commentators. It's the same with sports. The reason that we love Al Michaels and Chris Collins were so much on Sunday Night Football is that they are incredibly knowledgeable and they don't go over the top. They're just it feels like a big deal when they talk, and they let the game like just come to them and they drop t- tidbits, but. It's very conversational, 
and it's just smart. Like that's what all for me, right? For me, for me, Vince Scully. Yeah, and I don't know if that's someone you'll you'll yeah, recognize with and all, but yeah, for me, right? But you're right. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, that same. When you look at the old, see, I go old school, like Jack Buck. I mean, just old, but they were that type. So you don't listen. You don't. Other than Morrow's good. Morrow is good. I like Morrow. Maybe you put Morrow. Well, see, wait, we we, Morrow was on SmackDown, and you saw what happened because because of all that. He's he's better off in NXT than dealing with all the craziness on the big shows. But Morrow would Morrow was the guy. They had him on SmackDown. He would. I forgot about that. He was the guy. So you could have had Michael Cole phased out and Morrow. I wonder. That's that's a very interesting question to ask one of the higher. Wanted someone that would know, someone in the higher ups that would know, was Morrow going to be the next Michael Cole in a sense? And Michael Cole would have been phased out and passed the torch to Morrow. But then when everything happened, you didn't have a backup plan. Morrow ends up getting back and going with NXT and staying there. But Michael Cole has to stay because we really don't have anyone to replace Michael Cole. I wonder if that was a situation that happened. Hmm. I don't know. That's because Michael, possible. like you said, if Michael had been saying like, well, and WWE has been saying too, we could, we're, we're trying to develop other people in, that, in every area. So that would lend itself to commentary as well. So Michael Cole's ready to step down, pass the torch more. tomorrow. Like there are exactly zero people that tune out or tune in to an episode of pro wrestling because of the commentators. So when I see them pull the plug on certain people, I'm like, do you really think that that affected the show at all? Do you really think that well, somebody tuned out for that? I just don't. They're not watching I think for that. It, they're not, maybe not watching for that, but they know that if Jim Ross is commentary, it's going to be a better... Hmm. Fans still know that it's going to be a better show Do if Jim Ross is calling it. I don't think all fans know that. I don't think so. You think young... Well, the kids don't know that, but right. The, the children, the kids don't... Those types don't know that. Like if you're a 20-year-old wrestling fan right now, I don't think Jim Ross means anything to you. Really? You don't think no. so? Yeah, to the younger ones, no. Yeah, you might be right. I, I don't know what to say I'm on that. I'm at the because... back end of that. Like, he was facing out a Raw when I was in college, I want to say. Um, like, his prime was... Like, those people are in their 40s now. Yeah. No, it's a good point. So, if they're... Uh, if the young ones... But if the young ones... Look, but if the young ones, say the 18-year-old, is watching the show... Right, you're right. They're not turning in... To whatever show to see, Tony Schiavone, Mauro, no, Jim Ross, Michael Cole, right? That that never is the case. But if the commentary sucks, it hurts the show. Yeah. If you're watching it, it does hurt the show still. So even though you're not watching for them, you want a good presentation with the commentary. The commentary is just ultra important. But I guess to your to your to your note. That is true. You're not just you're not turning in the show to watch the commentator to listen to the commentary, as per se. That's not that's not the hook of the show, but it could it could help you like a show with good commentary. Yeah, it, it's an interesting dynamic the commentary team and what they're doing. I go back to the referees too. If the referee doesn't know what the heck they're doing, it hurts the match. It hurts the match greatly. Well, every time you have a, a really great match, and you probably had a good, really good job done by the referee as well, even though it won't get said or noticed. 
and because you need that. And if you have someone in there that's getting in the way or not doing what they're supposed to do or doing too much, then that really lends itself to hurting a match as well. There are types of ways you can hurt a match without even the wrestlers doing anything. Hmm. Well, I think that's a good way to put a bow on this, Jim. This is uh, this was amazing. Like we, the, you and I, we can talk pro wrestling. I think this, the chemistry here, Jim, is great. I don't know about the good, teaching the the pro wrestling class for. Uh, yeah, you don't. Know, you didn't lie. No, you didn't. Lie. And that's okay. That you throw longer. it. That's why. But listen. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. I brought it to you, me. Mm. Not a creative, not an agent. I go. brought it to you. And yes, it was turned down. But who knows? Maybe there's a way <laughs> that I could present it. <laughs> Everything comes full circle. Remember, you you, that's right. remember you said, but remember what you said. First you were like, no, 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 I can't. I'm, I'm the CM Punk type. No way. I hate authority. That, and then I said, aha, but you can be the antithesis. You can be the one of here's what not to do in today's current dynamic. And then you said, well, yeah, I could do that. So see, I did. I got you to change a little bit to the idea. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you got to recognize yourself at a certain age and you're just like, Hey, um, I always look at people who are just like very agreeable and get along with everybody and can just take orders the nice way and just do it. And I'm just, I'm always envious because I'm just like, my brain does not work like that at all. My my brain is to question everything at all times. And authority You're a rebel. Not, You're a rebel. I There's guess. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being a rebel. We need everybody. We need everybody. It's about, you can't just have one side or the other. We need all types. We need all groups. We need all. So I'll take the lead on here's what you can do. And you take the lead on what here's what not to do. Not because it's wrong. But just because that's the way the format is nowadays, I'd love for you to do this, but in the format of today, here's what we got to do and here's what's not to do. But if you can change it, great. See, that would be, that would be your whole bit. That would be your thing. But if you could change it, great. If you could be the next CM Punk, great. But here's, not what's, here's what not to do. Man. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, this listen. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I enjoyed it, too. We could always talk a lot, a lot of things we didn't cover. We could chat another time and talk yeah. about different things and all. That'll be good. The door is always open. You, my friend, have earned yourself a consistent guest spot on this podcast. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you so much and, and all. Just all the best with everything that you're doing. And just don't get too, don't get too down on all things. Here's, the, here's another thing, too. If you're not in, I would say this to anybody, though. If you're not enjoying it, take a break from it. Yeah, I know you got a job to do. I know you have a job to do, but if it's if it's really getting to you and frustrating, it's like any job. If the job is getting to you, no matter where it is, and frustrating, it's good to take a break from it. Take that little vacation. That's why you need that little vacation. We go on vacation to get away from our job. If you're that down on things, take a little break. No one's gonna get offended if you're like one week you didn't watch something. If you tell them ahead of time and saying, "Look, I need to take a break from them because it's really not working for me." It's it's just so bad. I it's it's a struggle for me to watch three hours of Raw, and I, I it's not good and all. And I know I want to talk about a report on it, and I will. I need to take one week a break from it, and then I'll get back to it next week or something and see. Because there's a lot of we were, you you were asking me about what I watch. There's a gosh darn lot of wrestling. Eric Young has said it. What there's a lot of wrestling out there, and. How do you not get tired watching all that wrestling? How how do you not anybody? 
we watch half-hour shows. We watch our shows. Our favorite shows are once a week, a half-hour sitcom, a half-hour, an hour drama, whatever it is. That's what we watch. We're watching. We're watching four, five, seven hours of pro wrestling every week. How do we all do it? <laughs> How do we do it? <laughs> I, I ask myself I don't this know. question every day. I don't know. <laughs> but I do it, and I enjoy it. And I enjoy it. I still like it. I like it all. <laughs> Without AEW right now, I'd be in bad shape. That's what I will say. You would be in bad shape. You would. For you, you would be right now. So we'll do that another time. We'll talk all about that, and we'll talk. We'll try to get some of the other ones in, like an MLW. Yeah. I know we didn't touch much about Ring of Honor. And, that will uh, never happen. Yeah. I'm go ahead and tell you that one. Okay. That. All right. So. I, I, I just can't sign off on Ring of Honor on this one. Uh, all right. Well, at least MLW. So uh, we MLW's do that. Good. that. That I could do. That I could do. Yeah, I like MLW. I like what they're doing there. But okay. Well, Chase, thank you so much for allowing me to come on here and talk and opinionate and go through all the minutiae. Yeah, that's what a, a good podcast does, and that's what we did here tonight. Jim, thank you so much. We will talk soon. Okay, brother. Take care. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. Goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.